Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. We have a returning guest, Nathan Carlson, is the author of this important book, Fearing God. And today he's gonna to explain the difference between being afraid of God and having a healthy fear of God that brings you into a reverence and obedience. Nathan Carlson. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have part two of our continuing interview with Nathan Carlson, who is the author of this important book, Fearing God. The subtitle is How the Fear of God and Our Love for God Create a Trust in God. Of course, we wanna have a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, says the proverb. Welcome, Nathan Carlson. What does it mean, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? That is the genesis of wisdom. That's where things start. And so many people write books on wisdom and how to be wise, how to make wise business decisions and, and all, of, all of that. And yeah, I was a business owner for 32 years. Um, I, back in 1988, I bought my company for $1. And, and, and then uh, in 2020, we sold it to a, a major regional bank out of Midwest uh, and uh, for two bucks and we earned 100%. Right? <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. that's a good profit. <laughs> yeah, right, right, no, it was, we, the Lord has really blessed us. But you know, I think one of the keys to the success that we had, and we grew to be the largest of that type of firm in Colorado. We administered retirement plans and 401k and, and that sort of things. We worked with about 1,300 businesses and governmental entities in Colorado. And one of the keys to that growth was, God is my unseen business partner, and there must be nothing that I do to disparage his name. Wow. And you can see how the fear of God gives you wisdom whether you're a business owner or whether you're a homemaker or whether you're selling insurance or, or you're selling cars or delivering the newspaper, whatever it is, if you want the wisdom of God, it starts with the fear of God. It starts with, and that is the title of your book, Fearing God, available wherever books are sold. Today we're continuing in part two of this and I wanna get into the key to evangelism. There's something about, um, I'm an evangelist, I like to think that sometimes when I pray with people that new believers come to faith in Jesus Christ for the first time, and then they get baptized and then they're Christians for the rest of their lives. But as an evangelist, do you think the fear of the Lord, I love this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, this is how we originally titled our ministry, Persuade the World Ministries, right? Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. Amen, that is such a great book, a great quote from, from, from the Bible. And let me tell you about the fear of God and evangelism. There is an account in scripture that is the greatest evangelism outreach probably in the history of the world. It was an evangelical outreach to the known world 
It covered hundreds, probably 100 million people by the leader of the known world. It encompassed 22 different countries. And it all happened because of the fear of God. And most people cannot identify that critical and important evangelism outreach. It was King Nebuchadnezzar. If you look at Daniel chapter 4, Daniel chapter 4 is King Nebuchadnezzar's testimony. Remember, he talks about how he was up and he was adoring his creations up on the, up on the rooftop. And he was talking about how great he was. And God spoke to him and said, you are going to have seven years in, in, uh, as a cow. I mean, he, he was driven to insanity. Then he says in his testimony in Daniel chapter 4, he said, at the, end of my, at the end of that time, I lifted up my eyes to Jehovah. And I, we're going to see this dude in, in heaven. Interesting. Yeah, he accepted the Lord. He had a conversion and, and, he and then got rid of his insanity and he became normal again. He came and he was restored back right. to his kingdom, but he did more than that. Daniel chapter 4 was written and it was translated in all, all the known languages and it was sent out to everyone in his entire domain. It was the most incredible evangelism outreach in, in, in the Bible and it happened because Nebuchadnezzar discovered the fear of God. The fear of the Lord began his preaching, his, his testimony as an evangelist, so to speak. How did Daniel inter interact with that? Well, Daniel, we don't exactly know how. Uh, we, we do know that Daniel was there. He had warned King Nebuchadnezzar because King Nebuchadnezzar had seen a vision that he didn't know what to do with. Remember, it was a stone rolling down and it, and it, no, 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 sorry. It was a stump that was severed and it was cut off. And, and Daniel was so troubled because he knew what the interpretation was. He warned King Nebuchadnezzar, you must repent. And Nebuchadnezzar didn't. The or there, or there'll be consequences. You'll be there. cut off like the stump. Like the stump was. So, so even that, sometimes people say, oh, uh, Chaps, you preach too much hellfire and brimstone. You're putting the fear of God into people. And, and I think, yeah, I mean, that's, there's, some, there's some value in, in the, a tough kind of sermon where you call people to repentance or warn them of the consequences. And if they don't take it seriously, they have to face those consequences. Yeah, that is so true. We look at probably the greatest evangelist of our generation, Billy Graham. He talked about the fear of God in every message. He said, you don't know when you leave this stadium what's going to happen. You don't know when the Lord will call you home. I mean, that was putting the fear of God in these people. And hundreds of millions of people came to faith because of that. Another example is John Newton. We know John Newton's story, right? He wrote Amazing Grace. He's on, he's on the, the ship and the huge storm comes in. And in that, in the terror that he, he experienced through that storm on that slave trip, a ship, he, he, that began his walk of faith. It wasn't immediate, but it began his walk of faith to becoming the great man that he was. And then later he wrote the words in Amazing Grace, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved." Now we know what he's talking about. Wow. It was the grace of God 
that taught him the fear of God. And it was the grace of God that removed from him the fear of damnation. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. Let's take a short break. While we come back, more with Nathan Carlson on fearing God. Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God, or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps, and I wanna make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I want to invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God, but we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer-funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined by Nathan Carlson, author of Fearing God. Uh, Nathan, I think we're gonna turn this into a video series here. We want people to stay in touch with us. Call us at 866-Obey-God, and we'll have information in the future about the corresponding DVD set that accompanies your new book, Fearing God, available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Is there a difference between being afraid of God and having a healthy fear of God? Yes, a healthy fear of God occurs in a family relationship where God is our Father, our loving, adoring Father, who is also this awesome, amazing, powerful King and Lord of this universe. And that is the, the important uh, balancing act where we must, in the Westminster Catechism, it says we are to fear, love, and trust God above all other. It's like two wings of the airplane. Um, we, and most of Christianity today is focused on the love of God, which is important, but the love of God absent the fear of God, it's like an air, trying to fly an airplane with one wing. It doesn't work. Wow. You know, you have to have both because they amplify each other. It, it's kind of like, and this is a bad analogy, but uh, some people misinterpret the Bible to say, well, the Old Testament God, he's a God of punishment and fear. The New Testament God, he's a God of grace and mercy. 
Uh, and Jesus, of course, paid for our sins. So we don't need to be afraid of God anymore. That was the Old Testament God. How do you respond? You know, I've had that question many times. One time I, I asked my men's Bible study group, which include, uh, included the pastor. I said, will there be the fear of God in heaven? And they thought about that. And they said, no. And I said, well, how do you, how do you, how do you square that with Revelation? Where John the Apostle is falling at Jesus' feet. Where the saints are instructed by the angels to fear God and give him glory. The fear of the Lord will be in, will be in heaven. And it will be a righteous, wonderful, holy fear of God. Jesus told his disciples, don't fear man who can do nothing to you. Fear God who, who can throw you into the pit of, uh, of hell. Yeah, yeah. He, he said that. He instructed his disciples to fear God. Saul on the road to Damascus, it was the fear of God that transformed his life. And he became Paul the Apostle. All of a sudden, he sees this vision of Jesus, and he's really confused. And he says, who are you, Lord? How, you know, he heard the voice. He sees. He, he doesn't. And then the three words that just struck terror into his heart. I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Yeah. That, those words changed his life. Here, he thought that he was God's champion, that he was ridding uh, uh, the, uh, the Jewish religion of this cult only to find out he was on the wrong side. He was on Satan's side and he was persecuting Jesus himself. And because of that, that experience, his entire theology was transformed in a matter of days. I, I like to think, and, and having taught New Testament studies at a Christian university, earned my PhD in theology, taught on, wrote my dissertation on discerning of spirits, especially in the Gospels. I love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One time I counted up the number of times mentioned in the Bible, and the synoptics have overlapped because uh, Matthew and Luke sometimes repeat what, what Mark said, but 90 times Jesus himself mentioned heaven, and 88 times he mentioned hell or alluded to it. So virtually an even split. Jesus wasn't a heaven only kind of a preacher. He preached the fire and consequence of punishment in the eternal flame that where the worm does not die and the flame is never quenched. There are serious consequences. If you read Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, the sheep go to heaven, the goats go to hell. Jesus is very adamant about this, but hellfire is absent from our preaching today. Why don't American preachers today emphasize the doctrine of hell? Well, they should, and perhaps the Lord will hold them accountable for that. I mean, we need to, hell is reality. And, and the fear of the Lord will, will, of course, keep us from that. But the fear of the Lord also has so many other aspects to it. Um, for example, Paul says that we are we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Yes. For it is God who is at work within you to will and to do his good pleasure. 
So don't just name it and claim it and believe you're saved and go on about your business. You've got to work out your salvation in fear and trembling before the Lord. Exactly, because when we come into, when we encounter those difficult points in our life, those crises in our life, we need to go back to Scripture and to the authority of Scripture and the fear of the Lord will drive us back to that. Um, there's an interest, and I tell this story in my book, there's a common denominator with um, with uh, Charles Darwin and Nietzsche and Stalin. Most people don't realize this. Three atheists, right? Three atheists. All three of them went to seminary. What? <laughs> All three of them went to seminary. And they lost their faith. You would not believe the tender prayers that Nietzsche wrote as a child. And I have those prayers in my book. It, he had this amazing personal relationship with the Lord. He was called the little preacher. He was a, his father was a fifth generation Lutheran pastor. And yet he got a hold of Charles Darwin's book, Origin of Species. And he rejected God because of it. Stalin got a hold of or, uh, Origin of Species, rejected God because of that. Wow. 60 million Soviets Russian citizens lost their lives under the Stalin regime, according to Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Yeah. 60 million. Because they did not work out their salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. So if you think that you're safe, be careful and fear God, lest you fall into a trap. Let's take a short break. When we come back, more with Nathan Carlson, Fearing God. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and MyPillow. During these times, your support has meant everything to us. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly on to you. For example, you can get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $39.99 a set. That's a savings of 60% and the lowest price in history. And remember, they're made with the world's best cotton, grown where the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River all meet. They come with my 10-year warranty, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. So go to MyPillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $39.99, the lowest price in history. If you do it right now, I'm also going to include a free gift with your purchase. Thank you and God bless. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my brand new product, My Slippers. What makes my slippers different from those other slippers is my exclusive four-layer design. The first layer is my pillow's patented foam, which will help prevent fatigue and offer you incredible support. My second layer is a memory foam that will give you amazing comfort. And layer three is my patented impact gel that'll help reduce stress on your feet. And layer four is a durable outdoor indoor sole so you can wear my slippers anywhere, anytime. Go online or call right now to order your very own pair of the new My Slippers. Use the promo code on your screen and save an incredible 40% off your My Slippers order. You can enjoy My Slippers anytime, anywhere. What I love most about My Slippers is that I can wear them all day long and not have to change shoes. I personally guarantee the first time you put them on, they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. 
empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Nathan Carlson. Uh, Nathan, there is a scripture, and we're gonna get to more of your book, Fearing God, how the fear of God and our love for God create a trust in God. Um, there's a scripture, I think it's in, um, well, you tell me where it is, where it says, uh, perfect love casts out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. And the man who is holy shouldn't, have, shouldn't be afraid of God because you're not gonna be punished, essentially. Uh, how, do, how do you parse that? I, I agree with, obviously I agree with that scripture, but you have to read the entire scripture together. Because you're right, it has to do with punishment. And when we come into a personal relationship with Lord, we no longer need to be afraid of damnation but we still need to fear God because he is our loving heavenly father. And so there are so many benefits. L look at what it says in, in Psalm 91. It says the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear him and he delivers them. In other words, the protection of God is for those that fear him. It says, um, uh, it says the Lord confides in those that fear him, that revere his name. If someone is struggling uh, with uh, an addiction, which is really idolatry, David said, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Yeah. yeah it, it, it is so important to fear God and do it where the fear of God and our love for God creates a trust in God. It's that triangular relationship. Describe that triangle again, because there's three elements to this, and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but then it leads to the love and the trust. The love and the trust. You know, why wouldn't you trust, trust a God that is so mighty and so powerful, and yet is so loving that he sent his only son to die for us, to redeem us? He didn't reject us like he did the angels of heaven that rebelled with Lucifer. He, he didn't redeem them. He chose to redeem us. And, and it's, it's just incredible that God loved us that much. And sometimes we have, uh, sometimes our earthly father has not given us a, a really good example of, of the fear of God. I, I, I sat down with lunch with a friend of mine a uh, good friend, and he said, Nathan, my dad kicked the you-know-what out of me. I have a hard enough time believing that God loves me. Now you want me to fear him? <laughs> or, or think of him as a father when maybe you didn't have yes. a good father in your life. Yes. How do you overcome that? You overcome that by focusing on the loving Heavenly Father and who he is, meditating on that. And you come to that point where you say, who am I? Like David said, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you've created, who am I that you would redeem me? We have to come to that. In Proverbs 22, verse four, it says, humility is the fear of God. They are so close to one another that they're like, in indistinguishable twins. You can't tell one from the other. You said humility? Humility and the fear of God. Wherever you find the fear of God, you will find humility. 
There's a, a chapter in your book about humble pie, it's yeah. delicious. What, what yeah. does that mean? Yeah, yeah. And that was the last chapter that I wrote. Um, and because I, I, I found that wherever there was a fear of God in anyone, whether it was Martin Luther or Daniel or Joseph or Moses, Moses was called the most humble man of all. Jesus described himself as, I am lowly, come to me all you are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest for I am meek and lowly of heart. He described himself as, as humble. And yet, curiously, Jesus also had a proper fear of God. In, in Isaiah chapter 11, it talks about Jesus having the spirit of wisdom and knowledge, but he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Yeah. That, that's in Isaiah 11. And prophesying the Christ who was to come would have that same mantle. Uh, we have just a minute left. I wonder if you would offer to pray with someone, give us a, a, an encouragement for this segment. Absolutely. What I want you to do is to become a wise builder. If you go back and look at the wise men and the foolish men, the wise men built his house upon a rock, the foolish man built his house upon a sand. And if you compare that passage, you'll see that the wise men heard Jesus' words and did it, obeyed. The foolish man heard Jesus' words and did not obey. That was the only difference. You cannot change a foundation of your home in the midst of a storm. And I beg you to, to obey God, to fear Him, to honor Him, reverence Him, to acknowledge the sovereign Word of God in your life. And I'm going to pray, Lord, I pray that you would, you would give these people a new revelation of the fear of the Lord, that they would understand that we cannot fear God without loving Him. And if we have a hard time trusting Him, we can do that. We can learn to trust because we fear and love God. Pray that you would have that new revelation in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to have part three pretty soon. Nathan Carlson's book is Fearing God, available everywhere books are sold. I'm Dr. Chaps, and our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Please donate when you visit, or call us for prayer right now at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, I've been spending time in prayer and the Word, and for years I've been teaching about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, how you can experience the power of God in your life for your own personal or prophetic ministry, just like they experienced in Acts chapter two in the Bible, when the apostles were all gathered in the upper room and the power of God descended upon them and they began to speak with other tongues. You know now, up to 800 million Christians worldwide have experienced the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's for today, it's for you. And you can have this, or at least the teaching about it, when you visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the online bookstore at the top, and you can get this new product for a suggested donation of $30. We'll mail it to you right away. Or you can call us at 866-Obey-God. Operators are standing by to pray with you or to order this powerful teaching series. Every mention in the New Testament of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We talk about the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talk about church history of speaking in tongues and great interviews with Lana Heitley and Charles Johnson. 
you need this product. It'll energize you. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. For a suggested donation of $30, you get this new DVD teaching on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Call us today at 866-Obey-God. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. 